0: Hey,
1: hey guy! Ooh. Oh, nice.
0: <laughs> I'm sure and
1: I'm gonna guy. leave it too. Hey guys, uh, I'm here to Weep Podcast. Welcome to episode four. We're gonna be talking about Akira the movie. Just a quick—we don't normally do this. You didn't hear the intro music clearly, but uh, quick disclaimer: this is a long one, as you may have already seen. Uh, hopefully, you've seen the movie. If you didn't, I think we walked through it pretty darn thoroughly. So you will at least get painted the picture of what this movie's about. We do highly recommend watching it, as you'll hear multiple times throughout. It's a beautiful movie. Highly recommend it. Uh, but yeah, with that, we'll let you get into it.
2: Welcome, everyone. Episode 4 of i Married a We podcast. And today we're doing our first Watch With Us Wednesday of Akira.
0: And I movie. am here.
1: I am here. Oh. <laughs> Took it all out of me to not be loud for five seconds. But, uh, yeah, decided to watch the famous movie Akira, as it should be famous. We'll get all into that and all that good stuff. But just a quick rundown of what's going to go on today is me and Danielle are just going to give a little bit of info about the movie. Just a couple tidbits knowledge, and then uh, kind of go just walk through the movie, kind of like a book club, but with uh, this movie.
2: Yeah. So do you do you want me to start with the notes, or do you have some... Uh, I know you probably picked up on different things, and I probably have different notes on the movie, or... You know what? I'll start. Go for
1: it. I'm not... I haven't said anything. Go ahead.
2: So the movie came out in 1988 um, in Japan, but it was limited released in america december 25th 1989 which um you know i thought about it doing research before watching it after watching it and during watching it and the movies that were coming out in the late 80s you know from disney or things like that were little mermaid uh, like cute family wholesome shows and then you have akira coming and just knocking on the door and saying, I'm here for you adult
1: people. Nope, doesn't even say anything. Sucker punches <laughs> as I live here now. Yeah. This, and... it's, a, it's a movie that would have totally been shocking. We weren't alive yet, but would have been absolutely shocking from everything that was known from animation. As she was saying, you know, Little Mermaid, oh, so cute. This, from moment one, you, it's violence, it's, more adult themed it's crazy
2: yeah and you're really seeing you know throughout the whole movie the underbelly of um this post-apocalyptic um neo tokyo from you know the devastation that's happened and just the lives that these these young kids live which they never really tell you how old they are but um high school or younger you know something like that and just The devastation of society. There's a shot in the movie. um, They didn't really touch on it. They only give you piecemeal in the movie, but it's a bird's eye view top down. And the top of the cities, um, like the rooftops, are these really luxurious, fancy, you know, you can see that they're really nice. And then you go to ground level and it's just garbage in the street, graffiti. You don't want to be there. It's really seedy. And I kind of wondered watching the movie yesterday if something they didn't talk about is do um, the higher-ups or the more wealthy people, do they live and work and not even go ground level? You know, we see a couple scenes where there's some nice cars in the streets, but you don't really see normal everyday people walking around. And it's just...
1: Well, honestly, it's from cover to cover, though. There's no time. Like, this movie purely based on then you've of course you've got so little little tidbit about this is it's based on six a six volume epic manga which actually started before this hence why then it got picked up and put into a movie continued being made while production of the movie was going on and then finished afterwards so he actually kind of concluded the movie and then almost reverse engineered for the manga to kind of you know go back to okay how do we get all of these little uh nooks and crannies and all these different little stories to end up in that one point as the movie did yeah. because um the director uh Katsuhiro Otomo was also the creator of the manga and he's just known as being this workhorse he's just nonstop the manga itself is over 2000 pages and the artwork is so finely detailed it's so just kind of beautiful that Even the manga is, like, a super popular... There's nothing about Akira that isn't, like, influential.
2: Yeah, and I know um, leading up to this podcast, I discussed, you know, buying... I've wanted to, for a while, buying it. I mean, even the non-color... I mean, you can't buy it in color. You have to go on eBay, and you're going to spend an exuberant amount. But um, the basic set, minimum... $150, $200, one fifty two hundred dollars because I was gonna buy it for us for Christmas and you know I didn't know if that was an investment we wanted to have but I think watching this movie and um from what I've read from people who have read the manga is you know the movie really only is half of the first book half like the ending half of the last the six and it's just it kind of weaves in details of what's kind of happening in the middle. And as someone who, if you watched it for the first time and you're listening, thanks so much and good job on you. because (laughs) Yeah, thanks for actually
1: watching that movie.
2: Rewatching it for the third time, I looked over at Tom and I was like, I still really don't know what I watched. Like, I've seen this three times and there's just so many details that you really aren't let in on on why they're doing the experiments. Where did these kids and people come from, you know? There's a distinct
1: point in the movie. Like, you are on board, you understand everything, and then suddenly, like, this one scene happens, and you're like, where am I? But that's in due time. We'll get into the actual movie later. Um, but, you know, Otomo, he, as a, a director, you know, was and the creator of this whole universe, was very into it. What's even more impressive is, this is just a claim, I guess. Did a little bit of research. Yeah, I learned. and Did a little bit of <laughs> research. Um it was said that he filled about 2,000 pages of notebooks with various ideas, character designs, and all of that for the film. And then by the time that the final storyboard like happened for it, it was trimmed down to like 700 pages. But like attention to detail, and you see it in the movie. There's so much stuff going on in a frame, um, like even if it's just a group of kids walking. You see that, oh, it's not, like Disney, main character's talking. Then you got Fido back there. The dog is staring into a different universe for, like, (laughs) that whole minute. And you're like, nothing's going on in the background. This group of guys is walking forward. Every one of them is talking and doing something. And it's just, it seems like you can, it doesn't seem, you can, like, legitimately just see the passion behind the animators. And it was this beautiful wave of where anime was a little bit old enough to where kids could have grown up watching some of the classic classics and now their passion was totally invested in anime. They got their final, you know, they get their dream job and then boom, they put it into a project like Akira and that's why the 80s was so huge is because you actually have people who are so passionate getting into it and it's incredible.
2: Yeah, not only that, but in the 80s, you know, Japan finally had a an economy where um, they People could spend money to consume um, manga and anime and things like that. And also the economy was booming where, you know, people could invest and have jobs in this. And it anime and animations in Japan had, you know, only been around for 20 or so years. And what's great about that and the other movies that we'll probably do watchables on is, um, you know, we didn't have a... They, they didn't have a set theme type, you know. Um, nothing was predisposed. People actually had original ideas. So yeah, it wasn't
1: Marvel. No offense to Marvel fans, but I can't even watch those anymore. Same thing over and over. Yeah. Granted, anime might be that. Like, sure, there's a lot of tropes that happen, but like Marvel, it's just the same movie to me. Whereas like this. Yeah, nothing held them back. This dystopian future had not been done before. And then you've got things like My Neighbor Totoro. Almost seems like a fever dream when you compare it to any of like the things the cartoons now. Well cartoons are kinda of getting crazy. Like Adventure Time's kinda of wild. Yeah. I haven't watched too much of that. But yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. And um, you know interesting enough, this this film in Japan, when it was initially like released, it didn't even recoup its initial like its budget it wasn't until it kind of sprouted out went into vhs had some international releases that it became this kind of cult classic and then started booming and just kind of yeah took off after that and then that allowed as we said in a previous episode this was kind of that gateway it showed the west whoa these like this is an art form coming over from japan this is actually pretty dope and i like it so you know you're sitting there watching dragon ball z and all that stuff. Well, this was kind of the first step, like that plunge in, and it's kind of cool that it's at least still watchable. This movie could be awful. It could just be that one thing that, like, oh, yeah, it's such an influential thing, but then you go back and watch it, and it's like, okay, I don't really like it. Like the original Tron, huge, like, big fan of what it did for VFX, what, um, you know, it did for the movie industry in general. But, man, I can't go back and watch the original Tron, whereas this movie, good night. I can watch this over and over.
2: Well, and I even read in an article, um, you know, people didn't even know back in the day that Speed Racer was actually Japanese. I mean, people (laughs) really didn't know where these pulls and influences came from. And actually to see Akira for all of the gore and the brutality that's in the movie, um, that people still clung on to it from what they were used to cuz i'm sure it would have been a big shock for a lot of people to watch cuz a lot of animations like there was a studio ghibli movie um you know people would cut out scenes in these animations because um i'm sure american studios didn't think that you know they were maybe appropriate or would have been well received from audiences but um from what i've read Akira wasn't and i mean it wasn't turned down people wanted it and it obviously was very successful here.
1: It's just because it, it hit that that niche. Like, live action, you know, you got Bond, and wow, look at that cool action. Like, this was a cartoon that finally was, I'm sorry, an anime. Um, that, yeah, it wasn't just for, I'll oh, take my kids to it, as I've said before, but like, it is an action movie. It's got all these elements that are just more mature, more fleshed out and it functions in a whole different plane as other ones. Um, and you know there was technological advances with this one too. I touched on that before, but of course for this episode I'll touch on it again. But like Disney, back in the day, they're, they're drawing 12 pictures per second, which is still, I mean, that's still a good amount of pictures per second, and then they're running it at 24 for the movie. But the thing is, is you lose a little bit of fluid, fluidity to that motion of your animated characters and with this at points there were still points where there was doing 12 frames per second i mean you can't expect a two hour long animated feature which i feel like growing up every movie was like an hour and a half tops and to think of like this is in the 80s a two Mm -hmm. hour epic Mm -hmm. movie comes out and there were segments of it that were literally 24 drawings per second so you get this insane like when they're on the bikes the oh. flowing of their hair the flowing of their jacket
2: Well I was going to say I I made a note to talk about it but you know talking about those high frame rates the my favorite aesthetic that they did was the light trails from their mm-hmm. bike tail lights and you know going through the streets that I think is just the one of the coolest things that I was able to watch you know among everything else I mean everything in the movie is beautiful but Um, Even the way that blood drips off of people, you know, guts off of ceilings. I mean, (laughs) you know, everything just has that realistic.
1: It's crazy. It almost looks rotoscoped. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not just very talented people. Um, And, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's something that even if you, the story, as I said, it can get a little wonky in some parts from the movie. But that, I mean. If that's the one thing that's gone wrong with it, that's fine, because if you just watch it for the ride, kind of like you do with Shia LaBeouf uh, in Transformers, they're not great movies. They're a fun ride, though. I mm-hmm. mean, if, you're, if you, even if you're not into the story, just sitting there and watching it, it is such a it's a treat, an absolute treat.
2: Yeah. And the amount of influence it has given to um, not only anime and other animated movies, but Movies in general, I mean Kanye West's "Stronger" music video. Watch it, people. After you've watched the movie, it is a hundred percent ripoff of Akira. (laughs) I've never watched it before, but I saw someone mention that his music video was about it, and yeah, his a lot of the sequence is him laying, um, you know, on the scanning table just like Tetsuo is when he's first, um, you know, captured by this government, um, facility and. You know, he has bikes in the in his music video and they have the trailing, you know, yeah. lights and you have the, you know, Japanese streets, things like that. I mean, oh, and even he's laying in a hospital bed, you know, convulsing like Tetsuo was. And you he's walking. Someone's walking down that green hallway that is so iconic to that scene. And it's just <laughs> Kanye West, who is an anime fan. He has. a Listen, before. yay.
1: I, I think he's even credited. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) The song hits. Still hits. But yeah, no, it's so, it's, it influenced a bunch of, you know, it's an animated feature and it was a manga, as you guys have now heard already, but, like, those two things were changed, like, those two mediums. Music, like, even the soundtrack in this movie is incredible. It's still pretty darn unique. Like, when you hear a song from this movie, you're like, yeah, that's Akira, for
0: sure.
2: Yeah, the I made note of, um, you know, in every kind of climactic scene you have those, it might not be it, but what I would imagine are like drumsticks tapping on the rim of something mm-hmm. and you just have that synthetic in the background and it, it's, whenever that happens, like I kind of get the chills just because that <laughs> new, you never really have heard that type of pairing before and it the score of this movie just fits so well with the overall theme.
1: It's refreshing for our Western ears. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. Um, and then last thing, and then we should just, you know, we'll get into it and then kind of go through the movie. Uh, and again, hopefully you guys watched it. If you didn't, I hope this is at least influenced. You can find it now. Like, it's definitely a big enough movie. You can find it somewhere. Um, but and it's been since 2002, and of course there's always word on the street Warner Brothers has the rights to Akira for a live action movie. It would be an unbelievable undertaking because of how near and dear this movie is to people and all this other stuff. And it's gone through so many different directors at this point. I think it's, uh, let's see here, five different directors and ten different writers have been attached to this. But then they, for some reason or another, end up, halting it and at this current moment um because this movie was scheduled to release may 21st of next year which is 2021 um and it was going to be starting filming july of 2019 but i believe it was like just before everyone's stoked on it they're like oh my gosh Because you hear the rumblings on the internet like no way it's finally happening no this is like well, I can't. <laughs> I was gonna say this is like hearing about a Final Fantasy VII remake, but here I am. We actually have that now. It just mm-hmm. took twenty. <laughs> 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 took a took a very long time, but
2: not twenty years, right? What when I Final the, Fantasy the original
1: Final Fantasy? I didn't to play this it new so. one. I don't know. I'm not gonna put any actual number to it because then I can be criticized. So I'm just gonna leave it open and just be naive. Um. But unfortunately, Warner Brothers put an indefinite hold on it uh, for now. So here we are back in limbo. Do I hope it eventually happens? Sure. Do I need it to happen? No, because I just have the original movie. And Danielle said we've been thinking about it. I'm going to start purchasing each volume, and I want to go through it just because...
2: I want to know the whole story.
1: I want to know the whole story for sure, and to flesh out all these different characters because you're greeted with so many cool little... The movie does well. You do definitely get a distinct personality from a lot of different people. But mm-hmm. um with that said, let's let's try and go through the movie. It's it's dense and I have the this cat scratch here of, <laughs> which should hopefully guide us. Um I wasn't even looking at the book cuz I love <laughs> the art is so good, people. I'm writing these notes and it doesn't even look like
0: English. <laughs>
1: um but i think i I think this will work, I think this will work, but um yeah did you did you have notes on kind of
2: yeah, so the opening title, you know, it shows that it's july 6, eighty eight mm-hmm. and um you just see this huge explosion on the screen, and um then it sequences to i think thirty one years later and it's twenty nineteen yeah and which is crazy because it's twenty twenty now yeah and one. Well, and-
1: to to sidebar off of that, when she's saying an explosion, it's so crazy. You just see, oh, nice. this, And again, putting myself back in the day, if I go to the movies, I'm like, oh, it's a cartoon. Go to the movies. The opening scene, it's so jarring because it's just like, oh, there's there's Tokyo. And this explosion happens. You're like, what on earth? And then, boom, you just thrust it in. It doesn't wait around. So we yeah. go from this bombing and then we are greeted with uh, the, the new Tokyo.
2: Yeah, and... You know, right after watching that jarring scene of this, you know, obviously bustling town being annihilated, um, which, as we harken back in the 80s, and the late 80s, you know, Japan was bustling. And then to be decimated again, and then 31 years later, you're seeing all of, you know, it's still in disarray from this explosion. And you see um, Kaneda and his biker gang chasing these bikers down these streets brutally killing people yeah so let's Um,
1: actually do this in like order though oh i am so well first they're at this bar so Uh, we get this kind of
2: literally going
1: not like crazy through but you got to set the scene a little bit yeah okay okay so i mean you're 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 greeted with then the new tokyo which has been rebuilt up again over the 30 years and there is this distinct as danielle mentioned before there's this huge split in wealth. You've got these very wealthy parts of town, and then you've got these very, very dingy ones. And where our uh, two main characters, uh, Tetsuo and Kaneda, are, it's a very dingy area. Um, but basically, you see this iconic red jacket with the pill on it, and that's, uh, that's our boy Kaneda. And uh, one of his, his gang comes up and is like, hey, the cl- the, just typical gang stuff. The clowns are over here, which is another biker gang. Uh, you know, let's go handle it, and then yeah, you get this sequence of them riding through town, and it shows this. It it establishes what's going on. Like violence is an everyday thing. Um, you know, chaos. The, the town's not normal. <laughs> like this future <laughs> isn't happy-go-lucky. It's a it's a pretty brutal uh, future. Yeah. So as we're you know, cutting through these beautiful scenes, as Danielle said, with the light trails behind these bikes. Just even watch Google or YouTube, um, you know, Akira intro bike chase or something like that. And just take a look at even that if you didn't see the movie. Um, interspersed with that is now we have this guy and this, what seems to be a child mm-hmm. walking around.
2: An old man looking child.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um,
2: and uh, yeah, so. This man's pulling and, you know, shepherding this kid through the town and they're being chased. Um, you don't really know why, but, you know, he ends up getting gunned down. The kid tries and does um, escape the situation. The man who was leading him unfortunately dies and gets gunned down by the government. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the the kid stumbles far enough um, into the path of, Tetsuo, who you know has gone oh, further,
1: I know, but like, what? okay, so just to even paint some scenes, like even that scene right there of when he's gunned down, this is another one that it's you know you gotta say something about this scene. He is brutally gunned down. Like this is I would have never pictured or see. Like this animation is crazy. It's not what you'd expect. I mean nowadays it's a little bit it's it's still gory by even today's standards, I'd say, um, but he's gone down and he tells this uh this little child to get going, and as this is all happening, we're still getting that you know bike scene chase
2: yeah, and a lot of the movie which I made note of later, um rewatching it for the third time, now in the mindset of taking notes to do this podcast, I realized. Slightly how frustrating it is that they're splicing it up into these. I'm going to time it just for the sake of giving it a name, but like, let's say two minute segments. Mm-hmm. You're with these people and then you're back with these people and then you're back. with It's a lot of jumping back and forth where to a point I kind of felt frustrated, like I wished it was a little bit longer in between. I felt like it was a little jumpy. Um,
1: I know, but we're talking in animation and a motorcycle chasing at the quality they were doing it absolutely not i that's where i'd agree with you i think to show that both things are happening and then when they eventually meet totally I, i think it syncs up for me but no i mean that's a good thing to be aware of some people might get frustrated by it so
2: yeah i mean yeah i don't know if they didn't jump around i think they could have meshed Tell Some that to Tarantino, oh.
0: okay?
1: <laughs> oh, does he do
2: two-minute sequences at a time? Yeah, you never know. He does he, sequences. He did a whole but... movie of
1: people talking in a cabin. He could do whatever the heck he wants, that
2: guy. Oh, jeez, that movie. Oh, yeah,
1: yoy. Um, But, yeah, so the biking scene and the, the quote-unquote little boy, which you'll understand that in a moment, um, end up meeting on this road as Tetsuo is kind of, not fully paying attention. I think he may have just hit someone over the head with a pipe, as you do in these biker gangs. And uh, before he knows it, he actually is about to collide with this kid. But as the lights of this bike are illuminating him, that ain't no little boy. That's a wrinkly, <laughs> that's a, it's a blue, wrinkly little, what we now know is, is an asper. And, and so the bike collides with this kid. And you're like, okay, well, that, that boy did. But no. It's uh you realize, okay, he kinda of shielded himself somehow at this
0: point in the movie. We're still kind of a little confused with that, whatever. Um, but uh did I say kana?
2: No, I no you Did said I say the... Tetsu? Mm-hmm. Okay, good.
1: So Tetsu sure. is now on the ground. The boy's still trying to move. The boys swing up and meet back with him. But what happens, Danielle?
2: In comes big old big brother. Yeah. The and because they're obviously trying to find their ward, um, this Esper, which we learn is um, he hasn't, each one of them has a number. This one is number 26, mm-hmm. um, which, holy heck, 26. I can't imagine 25 and below. Like <laughs> they don't even hint on that. It's just 26. And, uh, and, yeah, they're coming to, you know, obviously take number 26 um, back into custody. And, you know, they see the other boys there. They take them into custody and they see Tetsuo on the ground and don't really know anything about him, but they take him. Along um, with the
1: whole gang, because anyone even near this kid is now a liability. Yeah. Which... Picking up this new kid, there was also another guy in a floaty chair, and that's when you think, "Wait a minute, these little kid body people they have something going on." Cause yeah, he's floating in his chair like Xavier on crack, and just kind of comes over, and he even like you can tell there's even a difference between all these espers um, as he looks to this one that was trying to escape and says, "There is no escape. Like you're you're coming back." Yeah. Um. So yeah, they grab the whole crew and then they end up questioning them which is actually a pretty nice lighthearted point in the movie
2: oh and the police
1: um, <laughs> the police station the
2: makeshift police station which looked like it was in like a um you know they say later in the movie that the olympics were going to be held there the next year which mm-hmm. would have been 2020 um and when they do a pan up it looks like an auditorium um like at the complete end of the scene so They just have these makeshift areas because at the same time of, you know, the underlying theme of this movie is there's this coup d'etat group that is trying to get and undermine this government because they don't really know what they're doing, but they have hunches and they're trying to figure it out. And which is why they have these huge facilities, you know, you know, questioning these people because they were found so close to this esper.
1: Yes. And then a quick, quick thing is, yes. If it wasn't for this dang pandemic, this movie would have called it all the way back in 88 that the 2020 Olympics were going to be in Japan. So close. When we were, I think this is a nice little insight into Tom and Danielle. We were actually in Japan last year. It already seems so long. We were supposed to be there. Again. Last week. <laughs> but that didn't happen. So instead we're sitting in our closet. Um, but it was so cool seeing they were building stuff for the Olympics and on little areas of certain towns, we saw they branded it with Akira. It was so freaking cool. We may have to put that up on Instagram or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the kids are interrogated from uh, Kondida's little gang, and uh, you know, it, it's pretty lighthearted scene at that point. Um, uh, but what ends up happening is, um, they kind of get discharged. They're like, all right, these kids are boneheads. They have nothing to do with anything that's going on behind the scenes here. Um, but he does manage to see this girl that he now, like, uh, kind of does, like, that girl looks cute over there. Oh, she's my friend. So she he he gets her out of that little uh, pinch.
0: Mm-hmm,
2: which Kay, we find out, is her name. And we see her um, in snippets. I'm pretty sure we see her... Briefly before this.
1: Yes. In um, a little snippet. Wow, well, that guy's getting gunned down in the street. So you know she's somewhat related to what's going on. Yeah. But we just don't know yet.
2: Exactly. And, you know, so Kaneda gets her to be released with them. Um, He obviously has the hots for her. Yes. She wants nothing to do with the him. The guy's
1: spitting games. I'll tell you, you want some confidence? Be like Kaneda. He is. <laughs> he just kind of.
2: I don't know. As a girl, do I... I wasn't—I thought he was, he was a, too much of a bonehead. Well, yeah, but
1: <laughs> I'm just a boy. I don't know anything about what girls like, okay?
2: <laughs> I mean, his, his outfits were, were definitely fire, but I don't know if his, his lady ways oh, were—
1: jacket, I'm telling you. I wish real-life clothing could look like anime clothing, and no offense to any cosplayers, it just never hits the same.
2: That and the hair, The hair very hard yeah. to translate that. Um, but
0: um,
1: but then yeah, so we go to a scene that's our kind of our first dabble into like the governments at play here. You get the colonel is talking to is that a doctor? It was something that you just get this conversation going, and the only reason I remember this scene so distinctly, hundred um, percent, is because there was a sick bonsai tree. Uh, on the shelf in that scene oh, yeah. and I was like I've got to talk about that because <laughs> your boy Tom here is a bonsai uh, bonsai kind of guy
2: yeah so from what it seems is that the um, I'm assuming it's just I don't know if it's Japan or just Tokyo but there's an executive council that the colonel is on mm-hmm. that you know will play a picture down the road but um, yeah, oh, you can yeah. tell that the colonel is starting to be in some hot water for this testing and and things he's going to be doing. And yep. people not happy with probably how he's spending his funds I'm <laughs> yeah, trying no to figure kidding. out what the heck's going on with these Vespers.
1: Yeah, I have it written later. I don't want to go flipping through the pages like a crazy guy because I know you've probably already heard one or two page flips. But... Um, Then we cut to Tetsuo, he's in this government building and some tests begin, he's on this table going crazy, if you have seen, uh, as Danielle said, Kanye West's stronger, you'll see kind of a little, kind of how that went, but, um, you know, they're starting to, and they look at his pattern, which is kind of this reading of his psychic ability, which will come into play later, of like, you know, this doctor is always like, oh, look, what's his pattern looking like, what's his blah blah blah. So they're monitoring him and there's definitely something going on behind the scenes. But um, what we do find out as they're having the conversation about that is, you know, they want to use his abilities as a key to understanding what Akira or Akira, um, like just trying to get more information on this Akira and what could have caused um, certain things to happen, Mm -hmm. which we'll find out more of that is.
2: Yeah um you know right after that brief spell that we see with tetsuo it goes back to the gang you know when they're released with the police the police says your school has been informed you know see your principal tomorrow and Mm -hmm. you know we see this we have a vo of the principal or whatever Uh, it looked like a kind of a p.e teacher telling them (laughs) how much of a you know derelict group they are and you see you know, the outside of the school, there's a statue it's got a bra on its head and just graffiti all over it, and then kids are in these desks not paying attention and they're getting sucker Soul. punched in the face. No, no, it was an open slap. It was a, it was it was an open hand? I, think oh, I thought it was a
1: my mind probably filled that in. I didn't want to see an open fist on these poor children.
2: Because they just get one hit to each of the domes <laughs> and why I think it was a closed fist was because when they're leaving the one friend i can't remember his name but you see him kind of like off on the side because you kind of see kaneda obviously is in the front and then tetsuo's or he's not there actually duh but all the other people and this one kid just got blood oh yeah (laughs) like he looks like he's barfing
1: (laughs) which as he's punching him what (laughs) every single punch was met with the word discipline.
2: Discipline. Discipline. <laughs> so,
1: it's such a funny little thing. And one quick thing, we go like that's gonna be the problem is pacing between both of us, but like when the scientist is talking, that's when we get our first kind of like use of this word. But they they hint at when they're talking about Akira, they say the power of a god, which that'll be touched on later. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so the boys they're leaving after getting walloped. School clearly sucks. Am I right? Uh fellow teenagers i'm not teen i'm old sorry about that um so they get out of there and like that's pretty much it and then we kind of cut back to tetsuo Mm -hmm. and uh not really liking not really liking where he's at so
2: and well you know the nurse comes to give him his meds which Mm -hmm. play a big part later on and and he is not there and then you see him um or more so, you see Karu, which is um, Tetsuo's girlfriend.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know she's doing her laundry in um, one would would assume um, like a ladies' dorm. Mm-hmm. None of these kids appear to have families, which they touch on later. That Kaneda and Tetsuo um, were abandoned by their families and they grew up as orphans together. Which is unf- I I'm sad to see how their relationship ended, but you know, why these kids are so messed up and mm-hmm. why the school is taking into their discipline because they have no um, parental figures really, yeah. you know, guiding them and giving them any discipline. But, um, you know, Kaoru finds um, Tetsuo and they're hanging out and they're just reminiscing on, you know, what kind of better life could they have if they just
1: run away. Yeah. And So they're just like, you know, we got to get out of here. And there's this kind of like interesting dynamic of Tetsuo and Kaneda what we should say here is Kaneda is this leader figure and Tetsuo even in that bike thing earlier and maybe we'll see it one or two more times oh we will hear actually is he Tetsuo is always the one who needs help
0: mm-hmm. and that
1: kind of is eating away at his character throughout this movie uh and Kaneda is always that dude of I got you um so Tetsuo decides Kaneda's bike, that's our escape. Like, we need to get that bike, which is sick.
2: Well, and it does make sense why he would need Kaneda's bike because, as we saw when he hit oh, number yeah. 26, his bike exploded, so he has no wheels. Had, and Kaneda's bike that. is, from what we can all tell, it's souped up, and it's going to get him far away, him and um, Kaoru where they need to go.
1: And he was way... Way ahead of his time with just putting random brands all over this bike. Kanada's bike is legit one of the, like, I think one of sci-fi's most popular vehicles. Mm. It's so freaking cool. I believe it was in Ready Player One as well.
2: Yes, it was one of which. Yeah, I had seen that. Was a hard not to sidetrack, but Ready Player One, really good book. Um, unfortunately, I'm not as cultured in a lot of the, um call-outs that they have in it, but that was one that, yeah. you know, I was really able to pick up on it. Yeah, very cool. Seeing it
1: in the movie. That movie was just,
0: oh, look at that. Oh, look at that.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so they take the bike, very short-lived, um, because the gang that they were going against, the clowns, Yeah, they're back.
2: Yep, and they see, um, they don't really see who's on the bike, they just obviously know, because Kaneda's bike is so iconic, that they just see, oh, you know, this is our rival gang, so they ended up jumping Tetsuo, which the reason why he gets jumped is because he can't—the the RPMs, you know, you have <laughs> to be in a certain RPM for the bike to even work, and Tetsuo doesn't even know how to work this yeah. powerhouse even of a bike.
1: Even though it's souped up, this bike is definitely Kaneda's baby, and only he knows how to <laughs> to yeah. get this thing moving. But yeah, so the bike slowly starts breaking down and rolls to a stop, and then that's when the yeah. clowns are like, yo.
2: And that's when they roll up and we just see as a woman just probably one of the most terrifying things that, you know, could happen to a woman. you know, Tetsuo's on the ground. He's being held down and she gets, um, Kaoru gets pinned up on a wall and her shirt is slashed. We see a little exposure and, you and she's know. she's punched
1: it, straight in the face. It's a yeah, very uncomfortable scene. Yeah. Um, but it's doing its job. I mean, like, this is that world. is crazy. Um so you know unfortunately too little too late um then Kanada and the boys show up because Kanada gets word that his bike's been stolen of course it's by his knucklehead friend he's got <laughs> bandages around his head for some reason
0: yeah
1: um so gets there and saves tetsuo yet again and then you get this anger from tetsuo cuz he's like dude i'm fine whatever and even his girlfriend who just got slugged is like, Tetsuo, are you okay? And he isn't having any of it, and he just kind of wants to get away. He's very, very emotional when it comes to being helped.
2: Yeah, and you can see that the, um, the emotions that have been building up are starting to spill over because we eventually see him starting to lose control. I mean, even hearkening back to when we first see him on the bike before he hits number 26, he blatantly disregards Kaneda's call out to wait for them, mm-hmm. and then this happens. So, you know, even from the beginning of when we see Tetsuo, he's already starting to rebel, and, and now we see the ramifications of him um, mm. not reeling in those emotions and... Paying you know, the price, yeah. <laughs> I mean, clearly.
1: Um, and then in, you know, usual fashion... He starts walking away and cue Tetsuo's luck. The government is right around the corner. They now, they have like these gauges that can read psychic ability and they see that something, you know, his, his pattern changes and then they can specifically see and they think they say like, oh, there's blue over there. So they know like that's where uh, Tetsuo is. Um, so come around the corner, grab him again. Gotcha. Yeah. Not effective at running this guy, but well, not yet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um
1: um so yeah. Uh it's one of those scenes where he's taken away and then the uh the little crew here, the dingy bikey crew are all hanging out up on the rooftop. So I think they go up there and dabble in a little bit of nightlife. Um to which the girls aren't having it. They're like these boys are dumb. They're Let's dumb without their bikes. And then you're like, "Oh, okay, we're kind of <laughs> yeah, is that exactly what they
2: yeah, said? Yeah, she said Yeah, she said something like they're useless without their bikes, and it's like, oh, so you guys are only in it for one thing. You girls are mean. It's
1: Canada's bike. I'm saying t- it's a sick whip, but uh, yeah, it honestly. Oh gosh, someone created like a real life one. It doesn't look nearly as cool, clearly, as I just dissed on cosplay earlier. Cosplay's cool. Not saying it's not, but um, just as they're leaving, the boys are chilling. Boom! Explosion. It's another terrorist attack. And who is running from explosion? Kay. Kay, which is the girl from earlier that uh, Kanada had rescued from the uh, possible jail time.
2: Yeah. And because uh, I don't know how she would have weaseled out of that one. But, no. But you have yeah. no idea. Kanada sees her. He catches a glimpse of her um, as she's leaving this area. He's, I don't know how the heck he sees her because he's up, you know, on that. Like Bridgie rooftop area, and she's coming out from something what seems like underground. Um, or Eats something a lot of like carrots. That, Is that what
1: parents say? <laughs> eat eat your carrots, carrots for your eyesight. Yeah. I didn't eat any <laughs> carrots.
2: <laughs> but um, yeah, so Canada, you know, starts chasing after her. Kay gets, um, you know, uh, she gets lost or separated from one of her team members. Gets in a tight spot and kind of comes in to save her and she doesn't really seem very thankful when you know she almost got gunned down basically yes.
1: and you know because this is when they're in that little ravine right mm-hmm. so they're running down into this kind of like little ravine some stanky water down there you can tell it's dirty um and these two cops go hey you and then she pulls a gun on them and just starts shooting and you're like whoa this girl's used to getting into some trouble now Canada jumps down, kicks one of them, all this stuff. Well, one of the cops puts their gun towards, I think it was Canada, and she's like, "Yo!" She yells, and then she shoots this dude straight in the face, and it's drawn crazy. Like mm-hmm. you see his face move. It's
2: peel back, like, peels
1: back. It's wild. These animators,
0: yeah. top notch,
1: clearly. <laughs> but, um, and it's one of those things. You're like, "Oh, okay." It's just part of what she does. She's in this clearly. This quote unquote. No, it's a terror. Yeah, it's a terrorist group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is just dead set staring. So I, I took that as that was her first kill. I yeah. think this is it's all starting to become really real to her that yo, this isn't a game. You're not just in some group that's doing a little thing and explosions or whatever. But kind of grabs her and then they start running and then end up uh,
2: at her designated um, meet spot. Mm-hmm.
0: With
1: um, her team. Which. I don't know if it goes right to that scene, but I do know. Do they, do they then say, who's this guy? Is that the next scene?
2: Um. Oh, no. So after that, we jump to Tetsuo, and it's a whole sequence while he's being tested. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. So we leave once again. Kaneda and K, go back to Tetsuo and see what the heck he's been up to.
1: Yeah. But Tetsuo... This this little nightmare sequence or, like, the test thing that she's talking about, you get this kind of dream-like flashback into his childhood, but then it's interspersed with this, like, crumbling. Like, his shadow starts crumbling, and then he begins to crumble. So, again, like, this character is not doing so hot. Like, you, they've thrown all the symbolism. They are punching you in the face with symbolism. So, this is, like, up until this point, you should still be able to, like, handle what this movie's, you know, mm-hmm. putting down. Um...
2: I think then we, after that... And then we actually, we get a glimpse into the third Esper we haven't seen yet. Number 25's dream.
1: Yes. Well, it was part of Tetsuo's.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't know she, because she has some kind of psychic ability, so I don't know if she's controlling him at some point. I mean, we see Well, she her... takes control
1: of someone later. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have written here, actually, and then the line goes with, but she is like... In this crumbling dream with Tatsuo, Good catch. Good on you. That's, that's why I married you. Um, where she is too with this crumbling. And then you hear her voice say, the city will crumble and many will die.
2: So many people will die.
1: And so, so many people die. I did
2: it word for word. I did, I did too, but it. remember,
1: I didn't write in, I don't know. I didn't know I knew Japanese as well because I can't read this. Um. So... They then also saying that we can't let this boy go. Yeah. So now you see this dynamic of, uh, that's clearly referencing Tetsuo, Um which then we'll get back to a scene when we kind of mm-hmm. go more into that. So. Um,
2: and then we jump again. We're not back to Canada yet.
1: No, now we're the colonel and the doctor, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go ahead with that.
2: So we get a little glimpse on what the colonel's been up to um, and the doctor and. Um, it's a weird sequence. We see one sequence he's going to this area. They're talking about all these controls, you know, whatever they're going to be looking at, making oh, yes. sure the room is secure. And then going back to this elevator sequence, where, you know, i i I didn't want to transcribe this whole movie verbatim well, because of course, yeah. I mean, it's so hard. you want to make sure you're paying attention, but they're in this elevator. The colonel and the doctor are talking about, you know, you know, the doctor's like, I thought you hate the, hated this city, but now you're trying to save it, you know. So starting to see multiple sides yeah. of what the colonel's intentions are. And then we're back to present time when the colonel is going to check on the state of, and I put in my notes, because I wasn't sure if they were going to do it or not yet, yeah. Um. you know, where they house. And then it's Akira. It is. The boy. Akira.
1: And uh, yeah, you see as this progression, they're going, it's hidden somewhere because they are traveling. They're going down these huge elevators and you can totally tell Evangelion totally has Aww. like a lot of their elevators and these weird things referencing back to this movie. Probably doesn't. I don't know. I, that's what I think, though. Um, so they're going through there and, you know, you kind of get this this hint that Akita is known by the government, was hidden and covered up like that initial explosion. Which, at this point in the movie, I believe we know, was a psychic explosion. Sorry, this is now new information to you guys. That psychic explosion at the beginning of the movie was actually caused by uh, Akida. He had this lapse in power. It overtook him and just, boom, decimated the city. So it wasn't a nuke. It wasn't that. So the government has covered that up. The government also has, you'll see, a lot of uh, sketchy stuff going on and... Some of that has leaked out, and there are people on the street who are like these weird followers of Akita, and they want the second coming, and that, you know, this city is not how it should be. And it's very, it's like, yeah, it's very political-driven um, society, and there's just so many different levels to that, but.
2: And we do see while the colonel is, um, you know, in this housing unit for Akita that, there is the number 28, so now you're putting it together that, okay, number 25, 26, and 27, um, they all, they came before, so they must have known who yep. this is. So these aren't people who came, these aren't espers who came after, they were all at the same time.
1: Exactly. So then this is the scene I was thinking about earlier, and yes, now we cut back to Canada, his girl, well... Not his girl. He sure thinks it. She is. <laughs>
2: he has um, a cute line like, "Not to say that you're my girlfriend or something, but you could be." I don't know. He does like yeah. something really cute, and it's.
1: Is... So I'm saying he's pretty smooth. The guy's all right. <laughs> um, and that's where, you know, dork all my life. If you guys can believe it, um, didn't get smooth till I met Danielle here in art school, which we'll touch on that later. We got a romance <laughs> episode at some point. Then I'll. You guys already—no, we'll end up telling the tale. Anyways, <laughs> um, the, the Resistance members meet up with her, very questionable about, you know, whoa, who's this guy? She ends up explaining, yo, listen, she wants to go, you want this Tetsuo kid out? Because they've switched their, you know, uh, mission to now getting Tetsuo out because they see he's going to be more important than one of these little old people. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, that's his friend. He's valuable. He can calm him down, bring him with. So now we start this kind of mission impossible. We're going into this building. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a big building. Holy mother Oh, we're going to skip to that already? No, that's... no, I'm just saying oh. that is a big building, which, guys, please. I know we're explaining the movie. Please watch it. You
2: got to. It's going to do it so much
1: better justice. All we're doing on this podcast is begging. Just please. Uh, but Danielle, let's keep it ripping.
2: So... Yeah, just have that brief scene with um, Kay trying to get Canada into their um, plan to break in the facility. Then we go into, um, how I mentioned before, the colonel is part of this executive council. Parliament. Oh.
1: I wrote it down. So that was the Parliament cons- Council is oh, what okay. that group is.
2: Okay. And um, there's there's another man at the table who... <laughs> I put in my notes the man I will call Wormtail because he, he
1: does look like Wormtail this guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh.
2: Cause I don't know if they might have mentioned the name later. Um, but he's just sitting back.
1: He looks like a
0: rat.
2: It yeah. yeah. Not not a like dresses up, but his face and his hair, he's got big buck teeth. You know, you can tell the man's up to no good. True. And everyone in the council is ganging up on the colonel because. You know, he wants more spending because obviously now he is Tetsuo. I'm sure he's needing more funding to to get more information out of what's happening to put the links back to Akira. And, and taking care
1: of these freaking kids. They're yeah. And all these psychic kids, which Parliament pokes fun at. And they're like, oh, you're kindergarten, you're kindergarten. So the government's not even taking it seriously. Like, guys, you of all people. But then they start talking about how, oh, like he even existed. So it's like some of these people... Are either so enveloped in this image of he didn't exist, mm-hmm. or they're Akida, or like they're just that stupid. Mm-hmm. Like welcome to government, but yeah, that's <laughs> that's a different story.
2: Yeah, so the colonel basically walks out, and um, and yeah,
1: then you end up seeing actually the colonel and talking to the wormtail. We'll call him because I we didn't catch his name, and you find out see was it though it was yeah because i thought it was part of the resistance no that government person he was so corrupt he was the one employing the resistance to get in there
2: oh so he's he did both okay i must not have caught it yeah when when they're on that bridge section yeah it was the bridge section yeah, yeah, which yeah.
1: beautifully animated such great power, parallax and colors Them
2: moving and the background moving oh my and gosh guys
1: <laughs> Welcome back to the breathy podcast. <laughs> um, but all right. So, yeah, I know this has been pretty dense and we are quite a bit into this podcast, but it all starts getting a little bit more progressively faster and faster. So we'll try and pick it up a bit so you can go about your day. Thanks for you're here. We always say it. But thank you for being here. Uh, Danielle, what, what happened next?
2: So we go back to um, Canada. Mm-hmm. and he is with the team the anarchists and they're breaking in the facility and um you know in the scene that we saw with them before they have these key cards from people who work there that get changed every week so they have a tight span of when they can break into the facility so you see one of the guys on the team and i love his line cuz the security team at this um building they're like oh you're not scheduled to be here until next week and the guy you know great improv on this guy covering um, his bases on the story, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, the cable came early and it's got to might as well be fixed now. I already have my team here and I got vacation time coming next week. And I was (laughs) like, boy, howdy, if if a person working there is not going to relate to that, then, you know, I felt like that kind of sealed the deal. Like it wasn't just... (laughs) Oh, here's my excuse. This part came in early. It's like making it real. If it
1: wasn't the gratuitous violence, that is the moment that you knew this movie was for adults because that hits. (laughs) Everyone's like, yeah, (laughs) dude let this guy through. So so the resistance team is dressed as maintenance workers. Um I believe I don't know if you said that specifically, but yes. No. And they're they're making their way in and so they kind of have a ruse to get in as the cleaning crew or maintenance crew whatever yeah, what, maintenance. What have you. you carry a ladder anywhere you can get anywhere you want. Uh, it's been proven on the internet, trust me.
2: <laughs> and then very short scene after that we go to the what I call the trippy Tetsuo dream
1: sequence. Oh my gosh. Beautifully animated. That's all you're going to get for. I'm like the Steve Irwin. Well, it's creepily beautiful. Of anime. Are you hearing me? It's a beautiful scene. <laughs>
2: oh, Steve Irwin. Yeah. Um, but I actually, saw so my first sentence is, because I'm obviously typing as I'm watching, you know, trippy Tetsuo dream sequence with Tetsuo and the bear, dot, 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 bleeding white milk. And then I put, OMG, Tetsuo says it is milk. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> yes. it's in fact milk. I just wrote, Tetsuo starts... All caps here, tripping. <laughs> so he starts seeing these little toys walking up. And there was a scene, a teeny bit before the resistance gets in, that he's sweating his ass off in bed. Mm. We've all had that, Tetsuo. Don't even complain. We've sweat. Yeah. All right. Um But he starts, yeah, he sees these bears and these toys moving towards him, and then he kind of moves his hands and grabs them, and then they're gone. Well, cut to now stuff in the room just starts forming into a gigantic bear, which, as Daniel pointed, is oozing this white milk again the animators masochists you can see each individual thing this wasn't in the day computers take care of it particle systems no hand drawn all of this stuff flowing together beautiful sequence and they start attacking tetsuo and you're like what is going on here and then the void like you start end up hearing voices it's like those are the kids what the heck but Tetsuo, in a freakout, steps on a glass jar after mm. it breaks and starts bleeding. And then you hear the yeah, these voices come in. And they go, "Oh my god, ew, blood or whatever." No, that was like a two thousands kid. They just said it like a normal person. Oh wow, oh, ew, blood. all right, I can't even do it. But says something about the blood. And then you realize, as they these forms of the bear, this car, this other stuff, it starts fading away. It's the kids. So they're messing with Tetsuo. They don't. They want to hurt him.
2: Yeah, which is crazy, cause if if they already know how volatile he is. Why the heck
1: are you exacerbating the issue? Well, no, they're getting to him quick while he's still on meds.
2: Oh, you think they were going to try and kill him?
1: Yes, 100%. They want him dead. To put
2: your little hands around him. Spoiler
1: their alert, their <laughs> hands aren't big enough, okay?
2: <laughs> well, there, there's three of them all together. Oh. <laughs>
1: you know what? Hey, guys, everyone hold hands. We're going to choke Tetsuo. <laughs> um, so crazy, crazy scene, Um, which... I, again, one of I think that one might be one of my favorite scenes in the movie. The yeah. music, the aesthetic, the and it's it, great.
2: You know what? Especially the the car that shows up from um, I can't remember the number, maybe twenty seven. He's the one who's in the the hover. Um, when he's animating, you know, with his connect kin- um, kinetic ability, you know, the car telekinetic ability. Right. The car I got super PTSD from. Um, uh, the toaster. The to- Brave Little Toaster Brave movie, little toaster which, which is, I loved that movie when I was a kid. Rewatched it as an adult, had the worst, like, anxiety of my life.
1: and That, moves, that movie proves drugs are in Hollywood. I've always been in Hollywood. <laughs> it is built on drugs. <laughs> um, but yes, so...
2: And in that, so jumping back, in that same scene, you know, with the fever dream, not really a fever dream, it was really real, but um tetsuo breaks out of his room no the
1: bear when it came in ripped the room open and you know that okay true so but... there's a big gaping hole in his room
2: and tetsuo tetsuo gets out of his room
1: kills the dude come on some pacing for our viewers paint the picture baby so he gets the out he stumbles kid. out sweating and three guards approach him in tetsuo style well he can't one go... doctor two guards Three people. All right. You know what? Check me. This is a game of tennis and I like it. Um, so these two guards in you are like, well, textbook Tetsuo, well, get back in your bed, nerd. Uh, no. Kind of cuts to black for a second. As you see, he's getting quite angry. Tetsuo, that is. Gets a little angry. <laughs> cuts to black. And what do we see when uh it comes back? Oh, blood
2: and guts. Ceiling, floor, dripping down. It's... It, they've he, been annihilated. They've he, been vaporized. The only way
1: I can say it is he juiced these boys. <laughs> they were no more. It's cra- it's so crazy. Um, so clearly he's now free to move about the country. <laughs> he's gone. He's So Tetsuo was able to escape, and clearly his powers are now being used in a malicious way, um, which is kind of crazy. Oh, we didn't touch on it. Blip, 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 blip. Back when he stole the bike, they show up to 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 get Tetsuo after he had seen his girl and Kaneda comes and goes, dude, what are you doing? He had the bandages around his head. Before the government finds him, he has that weird instance where he's flipping out and getting all these imagery uh, going through his head like his insides are falling Spilling onto out. the ground and you then it cuts to what everyone else is seeing and he's trying to scoop up his insides back into Ooh. himself. Such a cool sequence again. But sorry, missed that. Yes. Anyways.
2: So, um, you know, right after that we go back to the anarchists and they're getting deeper and deeper into these sublevels, um, you know, and are eventually discovered in the sewers mm-hmm. and have this huge shootout with these like ski hovercrafts. Yeah. And um, you know, I don't know how much in detail we really have to go, but um They end up getting separated again. Kaneda, you know what? I made note that Kaneda's skill of running at a moving object, jumping on it, and taking over a person because he did it earlier. He did. He kicked
1: him right in the face in the biker fight.
2: Well, yeah. When he came to save Tetsuo, he jumps off the back of the bike running towards the clown gang member and just knocks the teeth out of that one guy. And now he's doing it towards a speeding speed. Ski hovercraft. But That's right. um
1: and this is you know what? I think we are we're now at the officially an hour mark. We're gonna not spark note it, but we're gonna start, I think, ramping up our pacing here. And uh, as the movie does. It is a very dense movie until it hits this section and then it's just chaos rains, which is good, but yeah. Well, not that chaos reigns. You get it.
2: <laughs> um but you know Ted ends of, up. Oh, well Kanada and K get the bike they keep going on. To yes, them.
1: and then Tetsuo ends up in this baby-looking room, which you find out is where the three Esper kids are, the psychic kids. Um, and you see they're trying to attack him, and then one of them even says, like, kill him, whatever. You see that the motive is plain. Like, they want to stop him because they don't want another uh, Akira. Mm-hmm. Um, In that same uh, breath, I have to say, then the girl Esper also guides uh Canada to actually come meet up cuz she's like well maybe this guy can get him to chill out cuz he's getting a little crazy up here.
2: Well we find out that she's actually controlling K.
1: Yeah. So she's And that's how they guide. Mm-hmm. Yes, good call. Good call. But um government shows up. There's just a little bit more pandemonium. A little bit of a psychic battle happens and then the colonel comes in and he's like enough. The colonel dominating a room and he's got that haircut Classic. He looks like he should be in a fighting game. Good on you, <laughs> Colonel. He's a good dude, I think.
2: Yeah. And um, then, you know, we can jump
1: because all of the rigmarole, I mean. Well, little things like it said the, the one Esper girl, again, 20. What is she? She's 25. Her name is Kyoko. Kyoko. We oh, find out. Lovely. Her name can we have a puppy.
0: <laughs> name it
1: Kyoko. Oh, bless it. <laughs> um, she says, big people like you shouldn't have the power which that will go in uh, there's one section that when we get to it I'll kind of explain what that means. I mean it's pretty plain but we'll talk about it anyways.
2: Yeah. And then um Kaneda and K finally make their way into this crazy scene. Um
1: oh well, quickly. Also, Tetsuo is now given a new motive. The kids mention Akira. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I can't mm-hmm. keep switching up. Let me go Japan mode. Akita. And they say, you know, you're like, you know, not maybe like you're like him, but then he goes Who is that? And then he is now has this motivation of if I find Akita, he might be able to help me kind of control these powers because they're starting to go a little crazy.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, But go ahead.
2: And um, Kaneda and K finally arrive on the scene um, as Tetsuo is just destroying um, what is Room A where the kids are kept, and you know Kaneda and Tetsuo kind of have a little standoff, and Tetsuo finally says. You see, Kaneda, I don't need you to save me anymore. And it's just sad, because <laughs> now you kind of know that this friendship's...
1: The friendship's over, and it was yeah. it's not necessarily was a good one. Like, you only brief into it, but, like, that was the moment, you know, okay, here's Tetsuo's insecurities. He is now, it's megalomania uh, time. Like, he just, he has his power, and that's just not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he ends up flying. He can now fly, he finds out, by jumping out of a window, um, doing his maniacal laughs, and he ends up at that original bar that we saw, to where Tetsuo then goes in there. He's acting like he owns the place, because he kind of does at this point with these powers, and he kills the poor bartender, uh, and then gets these pills, which are these drugs or whatever. He starts taking those. His two old biker friends that you don't really get to see too much of end up coming to the bar, Seeing him and going, like, what is wrong with you? What's going on? And unfortunately, this is when you know it's off the deep end, not even friends are safe. Um, Tetsuo ends up killing uh, one of the members, which is just, uh, yeah, I mean, the whole movie's brutal. It's just another brutal part.
2: I mean, I don't want to do a whole bunch of quotables, but, you know, it was so chilling when they come into the bar, um, which the friends' names are um, Kai and Yamagato. They're coming into the bar and see how it's destroyed, see the bartender's dead, and they look up, and there's Tetsuo sitting on, on top of, you know, at an elevated level, and they're starting to have some banter, and eventually Tetsuo says, a fish out of water dies, huh? Mm-hmm. And it's just, there's certain lines in the movie that
0: harsh. are so chilling. Yeah,
1: harsh. Um, so then we cut back to uh, Kanada and his girl. I keep calling her that. Her name's Kay.
2: Okay. Yes. Okay,
1: are kind of in this like weird cell thing, and she'd bring up, and I'm just gonna quickly bring this up. She says just how, you know, Akira is this ultimate energy, right? And that's that's kind of where the status of him is. And then she mentions the quote, which is pretty cool. Is well, not pretty cool, but like it just kind of gets this whole idea across. Is an amoeba given the power of a human, is kind of like this thing she draws about like. He Tetsuo is now like Akira and Tetsuo. When you get a higher power, like they've got these weird psychic things, two humans they are a god now because they are possessing this thing. With an amoeba, if you give them the power of a human but they remain an amoeba, they're just going to continue doing what an amoeba would do so just eat everything around it, produce, do all that stuff. So, what they're basically just drawing the parallel is here is because Tetsuo and this goes back to the Esper saying big people like you shouldn't have this power it's because Tetsuo's already to the age where he's set in his ways he's an adult he's seen the worst in the world he's got you know all these problems and so when he's given this power it's not like a, an innocent thing when like these kids had it the kids in these Espers are still able to be fine because they've grown up with it it's been honed and they don't use it for anything that they shouldn't whereas Tetsuo is now taking all these personal vendettas he's just going crazy with it and it just goes to show too much power not going to be working out so adults suck i
2: guess (laughs) and growing up go to the
1: grocery store you'll see it you know for (laughs) a fact that yes people suck
2: and once again we see that kyoko um you know which is number 25 of the espers is once again controlling k to try to she sees the um possibility of them helping them three to stop tetsuo and you know in his path of destruction, to be like Akira. Yeah.
1: Um, from here, and we don't need to go into the specifics, it's more of just a visual modge podge. Um, you kind of, for a little bit of the movie, now it's you're following Tetsuo as he's making his way towards um, Akira, who is under the stadium that was built, that is being built for the uh, 2020 Olympics. Again, they predicted it. So cool. So he's on his way there. Bridges are collapsing. This cult is following him. Every, it's pandemonium. Tetsuo is a
2: animal. Yeah, because finally, you know, Tetsuo is in the street. The government's trying to keep him at bay because they mm-hmm. know where he's going to go. And there's people, bystanders, pedestrians in the street. Some of them know or have inklings about Akira and are his quote unquote followers. And they're seeing and Tetsuo is unleashing his fury in front of these people. So that's when all of these people start migrating and following him and and a lot of them, or most of them, die because yeah. they're just in so close range to his destruction path. Well,
1: there's quick little like signs of emotion. You know, the government goes, "All right, take that kid down. That's him." And you got this guy in a tank, pointing his tank at this kid, and he goes, "Uh, shoot at that kid." And they're like, "Yes, do it." And there's hesitance, but he does it. And there's this awesome scene. This tank shell is coming right at uh Tetsuo, but he just stops it with his telekinesis. <laughs> and uh explodes it's just it's wild so we do eventually um end up at the stadium yes and at this point there's been a little bit of a fight and actually no we can't see the stadium yet because Kaneda meets up with him before he gets to the stadium because actually he doesn't end up in the stadium he goes towards that like military base thing right and then they go, "Oh my gosh, it's the kid with the cape!" And there's a little bit of a fight, and then Kanada uh, starts fighting with him because he eventually loses his arm.
2: Well, I think that that's above the state. That's like Akira is kept underneath. No,
1: it's like he's under there, but the entrance for the government, I think, is oh. on the side. Oh. So yeah, there's this big fight, and and sorry, we're not to the stadium. I apologize. I
2: that, must be just. I must have. Like it's a been a ride, and if them. you're still with
1: us, honestly. <laughs> Thank you this it, they won't normally be this long, clearly, but I think this has been fun, and we definitely got to dive a little bit deeper into this movie than we thought, like yeah, we took it at base level multiple times when we watched it, but starts approaching where he can end up going to see uh Akida. the government's there, they give him a fight, and then uh Kanada shows up, you know, you see them fighting, gets a little bit personalized, and then the government calls down this. Hell beam. Soul. Soul from space. It's a big satellite that shoots a beam down because like suddenly everything starts going blue. You're like, whatever, and another beautiful animation point. Just watch the movie. Um these beams come down, it's just annihilating, and it ends up blasting uh Kana- not Kana- Uh Tetsuo, and his arm comes off. Grotesque, whatever. Then He's like, I don't like that very much, and Psychic jumps up to space. Another awesome sequence as he's up there walking on the thing. And it's, it's just quiet. eerily quiet, yeah.
2: Because space is quiet.
1: Can you believe it? <laughs> um, so they do that. Then he starts shooting beams down, and luckily before it's about to hit Canada. Uh, the satellite ends up hitting the atmosphere, burning up. Save the day. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Thanks, Earth. Earth is a character in this, too. Saved the day at that point. Um, So now we can then just, you know, quickly jump to uh, Tetsuo is in the stadium. He has pieced his arm back in a sequence that you see all these machine parts rebuild his arm. Another fantastic animation moment. (laughs) Uh, The animators put every piece locking into his arm. It's insane. Just, yeah, highly recommend
2: so, in my notes, I actually have the Tetsuo opens Akira's Akira's container. Yeah, he ends up going down. And there. then soul happens.
0: Oh. So that's why
2: I was saying, what?
1: Listen, I'm old. Okay, so, so no, no, no. It
2: doesn't matter. We all know what happens, happens. What happens, so, happens. So, you know, then we'll, er, reverse.
1: So he ends up getting the pieces into which the Colonel actually tells him, and it kind of like yeah, messes him it, up.
2: Yeah, because after he, when he's talking to Tetsuo over the microphone and saying, This is the remains of Akira, who you, you know,
1: are wanting to see. Yeah. He was,
2: we've tested, we took him and have tested on him, and this is all that remains. Yeah. He's
1: literally like, it's in jars. There is his half of his brains in one, his, you know, nerves in another. It's crazy. He's just a bunch of jars. Yeah. So he was an unfortunate child that, after the big problem he caused ended up kind of getting dissected, and again, people are awful. that's gonna be the basis of a lot of things, but um twitch now you know, he just ends up in the stadium, he's kind of lost a little bit, and then his girl uh
2: karu karu ka-
1: yeah uh shows up
2: or kauri
1: kauri there we go, yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's it. uh shows up and is like uh what's going on with you. And this is where you see he's now a little bit more scared of this power that's going on with him because he's, it's starting to get a little too much powerful than this container that is his body. And, um, you know, he ends up seeing her. He's like, you got to get away from me. So you can tell he's, something's going on.
2: hmm And, uh, and then the colonel also arrives kind of at the same time as she does. And he's already seen the, the mental levels of what Tetsuo's at compared to um, Akira's levels when he was trying to lose control. So now he understands and is mad at the doctor, you know. I told you if it got to this point, you need to tell me because we need to contain it. And now he knows that they're basically at a point where there's no return. We're going
1: to get Akira version two is essentially what's going on. This power is getting a little too crazy. So the ending sequence and just, it, it just...
2: It's just a big glorified it's fight crazy. sequence. crazy.
1: So the weak point of Tetsuo at this point is his broken arm. So the power is now, it finds that spot and it starts leaking out. It's this nasty blob of grossness. And it starts just grabbing people. It grabs the colonel, which it luckily stops. But then it grabs his girlfriend along with Kanada.
2: Yeah, because Kaneda eventually showed up as well. Kind of right after the colonel, he's got his laser thing. They have a little bout, and now is starting to lose control, and he's starting to turn into the blob.
1: Yes. So he starts grabbing all these things, and then you can, you know, he ends up saying, "It's like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. I've grabbed Kaori, and, you know, she's going to die. I'm going to kill her or something, yeah. and it's, he's very scared. It's actually, it's very sad. Yeah.
2: I mean, that um, whole sequence from then on, I mean, you you can just hear in the voice of, you yeah, know, good when voice he's acting. To... And this was English,
1: by the way. We we didn't yes. do the Japanese for this thing, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, and unfortunately, ends up killing her.
0: Yeah,
1: um, Tetsuo. You know, it's just chaos, chaos. His body is going crazy, and Kaneda eventually makes his way out. I think he maybe uses that laser he used gun. Use the laser gun, yeah, and and falls out, and then the espers show up.
2: Mm hmm. Well, they've been working, doing their magic on the
1: on the syncing jars. Up,
2: um, mm-hmm.
1: So they're just doing something you don't really know what they're doing. Um, he starts going full on crazy, crazy mode, and then he takes the form of a baby, which is very creepy. But <laughs> it is this ultimate vulnerability. He is lost. He's alone. It's not that babies are alone, but you know what I mean. Like, um, but then right at the pivotal moment of when he's like gonna be taking everyone in. The espers uh, succeed, and Akita shows up. And you're like, what in the world? And now this big, huge dome of energy that Tetsuo is starting to create, Akita's like, I got you, and makes a dome over that dome.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Heard you like domes. So from that, this huge glowing orb starts forming, and it's looking bad. It's looking real bad. And kind of is grabbed again, and is taken into this white thing. None of the espers are in there. It's just this big white orb. I think the colonel's been teleported out at this point.
2: Um, Yeah, the, um, uh, what's her name? Kyoko told him to leave.
1: Yeah. Um, So he
2: went, you know.
1: Yeah, so at that point, um, the espers are like, dude, Kana didn't do anything in this scenario. We need to go in there. All three of us need to get him out. And then, you know, there's this hesitance. We're not going to be able to. We don't have the power to come back out. You like, what is going on here? Well, they end up jumping in and then we're greeted with this, these flashbacks, mm-hmm. which is really cool because then you get to see a little bit of these kids when they were young mm-hmm. and seeing Akira in their little, you know, science experiments, tests and stuff like kitty ones, not like the weird yeah. in their body or whatever, but like you know, these little tests, and he was just one of them, and you can tell that, you know, this is...
2: And all getting their power and um, cultivating it at the same time, you know. Yeah. They're all four of them in the room doing their tests. Akira, obviously, they show that he's sub-par. or mm-hmm. No, that's bad. He's above-par. Yeah, above. he's good. Yeah. And um, we see a lot of sequences with Tetsuo and Kaneda, which it is confirmed that, yes... Tetsuo and Kaneda were both abandoned by their families and, and You see
1: that in some flashbacks there.
2: Yeah, and a really heartbreaking image of Tetsuo outside what one would assume is his house door mm-hmm. and it's just stuffed with mail or paper and yes, things Yeah, his parents like are that. just gone. Yeah, and we get a really sweet moment um where um, you know, Kaneda obviously we see where he gets it um Tetsuo was being made fun of and a toy was stolen from him the first day at this.
1: And At this point they hadn't talked. No. They're not even friends. And
2: um, and Kanada just walks up to him and said, here. This With a is bloody yours. nose yeah. and he's
1: sniffling and goes, this is yours, isn't it? And you can tell that he was in the same scenario but he's not afraid to get into a fight, gets the toy for his friend and then that's where they become great friends. And that's where it is. Yeah, it's a little sad that they now yeah. aren't anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so he ends up teleported out. Um, teleportation, they leveled up at the end and it was just doable, I guess, but you know, it's like, that could have <laughs> saved a lot of time earlier, there. but uh, he ends up out of it, this explosion that is taking over, because it's still hurting the city big,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then it implodes, and then it's gone. And as yeah. that's happening, as it's starting to implode, and as the white is, like, taking over, you hear the Asper children going, you know, like, uh, just saying... I forget the exact lines, but it's something, you got it?
2: I wrote some little quotes. Um, So someone says, I think it might be Tetsuo, I can't remember, but this is the birth of the universe. Yes. And then um, I think it's um, Kyoko, she says, but someday we'll have to, which it's kind of out of nowhere when she says this, but she says, but someday we'll have to because it's already begun. Yes. And then you hear Tetsuo again right after that, I am Tetsuo.
1: Yes, which is like a biblical thing of Tetsuo, Akira, and the three kids have now almost kinda of taken this uh this little moment in time and created another universe. So now they are doing their own thing and have left this world. Um, our main character, Kanada. Well, in this case he's one of the ma- he is the main character of the movie, but I feel like in the manga that might not be the case. But he's safe. And uh, that's it. I mean,
2: and that's where they... it's pretty
1: abrupt. It's, but, it's definitely a ride. And I think, hopefully, our podcast gets it across. As I think it doesn't help that we're sweating in this closet. By the way, we're still in the closet.
0: <laughs> um,
1: is it is by the end of it, it was a ride. I think the two hours is just long enough. I don't think.
0: <laughs> I'm glad it didn't
1: go any longer uh, for the anime, but that is uh 1988's uh, Akira. And I hope you guys enjoyed this little walkthrough. Um, And
2: hopefully watched it yourself or are going to watch it from maybe some points you've heard here.
1: Absolutely. If you've made it here, thank you.
0: (laughs) And uh, we'll catch you next week with a new episode.
2: Yeah. See ya.
0: Bye.